Rock and Road Pod, brought to you by the Honda Engine Room. Hello and welcome to episode four of season five of the Rock and Road Podcast. This is Leona Graham. A Honda special this week. I speak to Neil Fletcher, head of Honda UK Motorcycles. I try out the Honda NT1100. I speak to Ruby Rides. We went to see the England women's rugby team training ahead of their Six Nations match. And we'll get the latest music news. But first, Neil Fletcher. Please welcome Neil Fletcher, head of UK Motorcycles for Honda. Um, Hi. Hi, Neil. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, Leona. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. You've been at Honda a few years now, since 2017. Have you enjoyed it, being head of UK Motorcycles? <laughs> well, yes, I have. I find it a bit hard to believe it's uh, 2017, actually, because it's gone by in a bit of a blur. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I think everyone's had... Uh, had a tough time of it, perhaps the last couple of years, um, you know, with various things uh, going on in the world and COVID's been quite tough for everybody. But um, no, I, I, I love it. I'm very lucky. Um, you know, it's a great job. It's a great industry to be in. Uh, as you know, as a very keen uh, motorcyclist yourself, you know, it is a lot of fun. Um, big things have happened last year. We had the anniversary of the Fireblade, um, the introduction of the NT1100. Yeah. So really uh, big events last year, new bikes. What have Honda got coming up in 2223? Yeah, well, I mean, gosh, how long have you got? We've got uh, <laughs> so much, so many things happening. The, actually, the Fireblade, the anniversary of the Fireblade, is, let's start on that because um, that was something that you and I spoke about up at the Birmingham uh, Motor Show just before Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and, and it's, the th- it's 30 years since we launched the iconic Fireblade. Um, and so we're celebrating that all year. Um, so, for example, you know, with the, the British Superbike uh, series starts uh, at Easter and runs all the way through the summer and into the autumn. And we're running a special livery, a kind of uh, heritage livery of the first bike that was ever launched in the UK. Um, so that that looks really cool. And, yeah. and that'll be running in the British Superbike Championship. So so and we've got lots of events. We're going to do a big celebratory event at Donington Park. Uh, at the third round of the British Superbike um, Festival. We're back at the TT. The TT in, in the Isle of Man hasn't run for the last two years because of COVID. Um, and we're back there with John McGuinness, who will be starting his 100th TT, believe it or not. Uh, and he's won lots of times on a Fireblade over there. So so there's all of that going on. Um, yeah. As you say, we launched the NT1100, which is, a, which is basically a touring bike. And uh, that's gone really well. Uh, we've got two or three more launches lined up as well later in the year, which I can't, unfortunately, I can't talk about publicly at the moment, but oh. that's going to that's gonna be really exciting as well. And the, the one thing, again, you know, you asked me, do I, do I enjoy what I do? One of the great things in my job is that we, 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 you know, we launch new products all the time. So, you know, there's always something around the corner. We'll be at the Venture Bike Rider Festival in the summer. Uh, amongst other things so yeah it, it, all sorts planned for 2022 and into 2023. One of the statistics I noticed that one in five motorcycles sold in this country now comes from Honda. Yes. Why, why, why is that then? Why are you so popular? <laughs> well <laughs> obviously I'd love to say it's all down to me but it, it, um, and and, and um, I'm obviously working on five out of five <laughs> you know yeah. um, but um, I think in seriousness what we've got is we've got a a, a long 
history of of bringing new bikes into all sorts of different sectors of the market so in fact if you look at say scooters for example um we, it's more like uh four in ten scooters that are, that are on the roads in the uk are hondas so um in that sector that's been really popular um as a result of covid you know people wanting their own independence their own mobility maybe not having to rely quite so much on public transport that sort of stuff but basically we've got 70 dealers around the country and what we try to do is make sure that um, any any potential customers no more than 50 50 minute ride from from their nearest um, dealer where they can go and try a bike or uh, have a look around or whatever we've got um 50 odd training centers linked to our dealerships all around the country as well so so it's, it's quite easy for people to go and try a bike and, and do their training and all of that and i think that all of that helps so, One of the things that drew me to Honda in the first place was the DCT, yeah. which is a bit like an automatic. Um, so there's no clutch to worry about, no gears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it all does it for you. And um, yeah. is that something exclusive to Honda? It is. Yeah, it is. And it's something that Honda worked on for many years. Interestingly, it came about through an experimentation in motocross originally um, because they were working on ways to take uh, things away from the rider so that the rider could concentrate on a position that they had on the bike or um, approaching jumps or whatever that might be. Um, and so they experimented with it in motocross and then gradually developed it for road bikes. Um, and as you say, it, it's got the same effect, if you like, as an automatic, but DCT stands for dual clutch transmission. So there's actually two clutches and, 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 and what happens is each clutch engages a different set of gears. So one clutch will engage the odd, odd gears and the other clutch will engage the even gears. And what that basically means to me as a rider is that I twist the throttle and I go and uh, the gear changes are, are looked after for me. And as it's developed now, what you've got on most of the DCT bikes that, that we um, offer is you've got different modes that you can ride in. So you can ride in urban mode, for example, or if it's raining, you put it into rain mode and the gearbox will, will um, adjust the gear changes accordingly. And then if you want a more, a more sporty uh, gear change, then uh, you, can, you can also adjust that. So there are different rider settings now that you can put on all the DCT. Of the, of the bikes that we offer DCT on, now we find that um, over 50% uh, of our customers choose DCT. And as, as you said, uh, Leona, and, uh, you know, once you've tried it, and, and that's the secret really, go and try it. Um, it really is a, a lovely way to enhance your riding because it's one less thing to worry about, especially around town, for example. Yes, same here. I mean, I actively sort out a bike with DCT, or yeah. as, as I called it before, automatic, although it's not strictly <coughs> the right term for it. But um, no, you'll yeah. probably get shot by one of our engineers for saying know, that. I know, I <laughs> know. I'm just putting it into language that, you know, perhaps car drivers would. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The I podcast is, is, is not necessarily out and out bikers. So, in order yeah. to sort of encourage people, it's basically the same sort of thing. In other words, you don't have to keep changing gear manually and you don't have to keep exactly. operating a clutch. Exactly, um, and I and I only I only became a, a sort of full full bore um, motorcyclist in 2017 when I when I took this role. So for me, DCT has been really helpful. What plans are there to encourage women into biking? 
Yeah, it's a, that's a, it's a great call. We've got lots of things lined up, some of which were a bit frustrated with, with COVID, to be honest, because we had lots of events and plans. Um, as you know, we're working with uh, the RFU, England Rugby, and, and, and I will just remind people that you rode the uh, NT1100 in front of the team bus, didn't you, coming into Twickenham recently? So that yes. was that was a lot of fun, I think, wasn't it? And uh, it was just the, know, best, you, you, the best experience that was. <laughs> you only it, it was there's no pressure. You only had eighty thousand people watching, didn't yeah. you? So you know, uh, you know, no no pressure. And just leading in the team, you know, yeah, leading camera, in the team and on um, film. And I tell you, the, the hardest two. thing about that is was going slow. Anybody who's even ridden a bicycle <laughs> yeah. knows that going slow on two wheels is actually quite tricky. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And 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 that you were riding one of the only two NT eleven hundreds we had at the time as well. So there was no pressure there either, was there? No, you know. No. So, <laughs> but, but but that's the reason I bring that up is because that that's a good example. I think you know you, you're a great ambassador for riding in general and for female riders, and and we we are working with a number of people like that. We want to work with some of the. Uh, the lady rugby players who are who are absolutely brilliant, by the way, and uh, so we're looking forward to doing that. Um, we've also got a couple of initiatives coming up. Uh, we, we're going to do what we call some ride-free events. Uh, I mean, I think if I talk generically, I think one of the things that attracts people to riding a motorcycle or a scooter is the freedom and and it's the uh, mobility that it gives you. And I think what we want to try and encourage is as many people as possible to to experience that. Um, and we're going to do some what we call ride-free events um, at, at some of the dealers around the country where we're just going to give people the opportunity to come along and try a bike off-road. Uh, when I say off-road, I mean in a, in, a, in a safe environment like a closed car park, for example, mm. um, so that they can just have a go and make any mistakes that they want to make or try anything that they want to do with uh, fully qualified uh, trainers to help them. And that might be one way that we can get new people, I hope as many many uh, female riders as possible, into just giving it a go. The other thing is we're working with um, women in motorcycling. There's, a, there's an exhibition um, that, they, that they're running on the 20th of August up at Tutbury Castle in Burton. Um, and we'll be working with them. There's lots of female rider speakers there and events going on, including um, an evening uh, of entertainment. And our trainers will be up there uh, working working with, with, with the team up there on that. So, because I, I think, I, you know, I, I think it's a question I'd ask you really, you know, what what is it that, that, that Honda and, and, and others have got to do to try and encourage more, more uh, women to take, to take to the roads on two wheels? Well, for me, it was the DCT taking yeah. away yeah. that clutch because I was riding around London and my left hand was really aching all the time mm. operating what I think are really stiff clutches. Um, yeah. And different to cars, in, in the car using your left foot on a bike, it's your left hand. But I did ask on Twitter this morning, actually, what women would find um, more attractive about biking, what would encourage them into yeah. it. Here's some of the answers which you might find interesting. Yeah. Jen said a really good instructor because yeah. the bike that she tried to train on was very powerful and heavy yeah. and she was on a course with all men and they were a bit impatient she said yeah and i and, and i think jen i think that's jen's experience unfortunately isn't isn't unique and and, and i think that's one of the reasons we want to try the ride free events um to make sure that before you go anywhere near a road 
that you're comfortable on the on on and, and we've got we've got lots of small bikes that work really well uh for instance perhaps with the lower seat or we've got something called a slipper clutch on 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 all all of the manual bikes that we um that that, that we produce which makes the clutch um mechanism a lot a lot easier to use got mm -hmm. a lot sort of a lighter for, for want of a better word yeah um, but but it's it is all about getting a, a, a um a safe environment uh, with good instructors to encourage people and, and i think it can be quite intimidating when you're starting off as i say i only took up riding in 2017 myself so i really do understand that it can be quite it, it can be quite a journey can't it do you think so, there's any opportunity for um women only classes <clears throat> yes yes uh, i do and uh, i think that's something that uh, as we do the ride free events we'll look at you know and i think yeah. if certainly if, if there's demand for that We'd love to know about it and maybe we can cater we can cater for that yeah the comment here from gina similar um the bike was too heavy and i felt yeah. pressure i felt like i was holding the rest of the group up and you mentioned the seat height earlier and yeah. um, i had a comment here from joanna uh, her answer was longer legs please so i could reach the floor <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 no I, I, and, and that is you know it's a, it sounds funny doesn't it but it's a real it is a real issue um, but do you have some I, bikes with lower seats? We do, yeah. I mean, the one I well, there's there's lots that I could I could suggest, but of the bigger bikes, maybe maybe try the Rebel. Uh, the Rebel comes in a 500 and and a bigger 1100 uh, cc. So the 500 is perfect if you're going to sort of uh, go through your your first part of your tests. And then what we have found actually with a lot of our customers, they then upgrade to the 1100 later on. Uh, and that's got a very low seat. The, the, all the controls are very light and easy and the bike isn't that heavy either. And it's got quite a low center of gravity. So what that means is, uh, you know, we've talked about low speed maneuvers and what have you. It's a lot easier perhaps on a bike like that. Or, or again, I mean, if you want a fun bike, uh, that's really good to get to know the monkey bike is, is really fun. Uh, it's lightweight. It's a 125cc. So you can ride that uh, without having to pass your full test. So I'd, I'd go Rebel or maybe Monkey would be my okay. suggestion. We're really looking forward to the training day that you've mentioned and uh, it all sounds fantastic. Yeah, ride free. Look out for it. Thank you very much. Neil Fletcher from Honda. Thanks, Leona. Great talking to you. And I'm going to talk more about women and motorcycling with a fantastic female motorcyclist. She is a motorbike influencer and I'll be speaking to Ruby Rides on the podcast shortly. But first of all, my bike review. Well, we talked about the NT1100 with Neil there and now it's time to try it out. As we mentioned, this has the same engine as the Africa Twin, an enormous 1100 engine, parallel twin. Uh, the price of these are around £12,000, but if you're going for the DCT, it's 13000 The weight on it, not too bad considering how big this bike is, 238 kilograms, slightly more on the DCT, 248 uh, seat height is something we always mention because everyone's a different height and they want to know if they're comfortable on it or not. The seat height on this is 820 millimetres and to give you a reference point I'm 5 foot 7 and I can get both of my feet flat on the ground so comfortable. Now this is a touring bike so it's got a lovely large petrol tank you can fit in 20 litres of petrol here with a range of 200 miles. 17 inch wheels 
and it does come with a comfort seat as an extra option as well which I think would be worth it I don't think this one is and I tell you what it's not as comfortable as my NC750X so in this instance go for the comfort seat there's loads of stuff that does come as standard and that's one of the reasons that this bike really stands out um, because cruise control is standard the center stand is a standard heated grips something you normally have to pay extra for a five-stage heated grip as standard uh, the panniers are standard as well the top box on the back is optional I would go for that it's more comfortable for the passenger as well if you've got the top box and it's just that extra room to put your helmets um, when you arrive somewhere and then use the panniers for your luggage or shopping or whatever you prefer and this comes in a black white and a gray i have got the gray let's have a listen to it <laughs> lovely big stands here on the side pretty strong let's go just doing a three-point turn now so i'm using my legs to go backwards and i can shift it back without getting off the bike forward back it up again actually it's a five-point turn wow it feels really light to ride it handles incredibly well really agile this is a sports tourer and it comes with different modes I'm in urban mode at the moment self-cancelling indicators this is the second bike I've ridden with self-cancelling indicators and they don't cancel so I don't know if I'm not doing something right in the settings it's got a USB point a 12 volt point uh, one of the nicest things about this touring bike is all the protection you've got as a rider which comes as standard so if you're going out in the winter on a cold day or just a long journey on a motorway you're lovely and protected from the wind it's got a great big screen at the front which you can adjust at five different heights and the best bit is you don't need a toolkit to adjust it you can just jump off the bike yank it up and down with your hands really easy to use in that respect it's even got wind effectors on your feet so your feet should be protected and little ones for the hands as well just near the indicators it's got a six and a half inch TFT screen with with Apple Play and Android Auto as well all as standard the beauty of this bike is you can use it for touring but you can also use it for commuting I'm just riding around town now and it's it's fantastic now considering this bike is so wide it really doesn't feel that heavy the seating position is very nice and nice and upright uh, which I prefer the leaning down into the handlebars the suspension is lovely it's not wobbly at all good vision with the wing mirrors I would definitely get one of these I'd be torn between this and my NC750X to be honest if I wanted something a bit more powerful and just to keep you protected from the wind and the cold a little bit more I'd probably go for the NT1100 now at this point in the recording I'd finished pretty much what I needed to say on the podcast but then my phone fell out of my pocket amazingly the phone carried on recording you can hear what happens next first of all you hear quite a staticky noise that's the phone falling out and landing on the floor but then have a listen to several cars driving over the phone
Well, that will teach me for not doing the zip up in my coat pocket, won't it? Amazingly, the phone is only damaged, even though the screen's all broken. The phone actually still works. There's only black on just like one tenth of it on the right hand side. Uh, but I have got myself a new phone. I don't spend too much money on my phone, so it's not the end of the world. I've uh, replaced it. But uh, thank you for those of you who were concerned about it and me as well. I was absolutely fine. It was only the phone that popped out my pocket. Now, coming back to the issue of women and motorcycling, I actually met up with Ruby Rides. Uh, she's from Instagram. Look her up, Ruby Rides on Instagram. Uh, we actually went to the England Rugby Women's Training Day ahead of their match in the Six Nations. And the women's rugby team are fantastic. I'll tell you about that shortly. But first of all, I asked Ruby all about women and motorcycling. I am with uh, Ruby Rides from Instagram, who is, for want of a better description, a biker influencer. Hi, Ruby. Hello, Leona. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Now, I've been speaking to Neil Fletcher from Honda about getting women into biking. Yes. What's your view on women and biking, getting them more involved? Um, I think there's a lot more women that would um, love to get involved uh, in bikes and learn how to ride a bike. I think it's kind of uh, challenging, a bit intimidating sometimes and that's why I have my platform. I try to encourage girls to uh, get into it and really enjoy it as a hobby or a commute or potentially even a career. What do you think has prevented women from getting involved in it? Um, I think there is still a lot of misogyny and sexism that still exists um, in the bike world, unfortunately. Um, I think women are probably, uh, they have the preconception of not uh, thinking that they can do things as well as men and they probably find it a bit intimidating or um, not very accessible. They don't know where to get information from. There's a lot of factors um, as of why women don't get involved um, as easily as a man would, for example. What, what would you say to a woman who, who perhaps thinks that she can't ride a motorbike or is, is scared about it? Well, uh, riding a bike is essentially using your arms, your hands, your legs, your feet and nothing else. Um, and um, as you said earlier, we've got two legs, two arms, two hands and that it comes down to that. So you don't need to be a man or a woman, there's nothing no. different really? No, your genitalia has nothing to do with your ability to ride a bike and I think actually women make better riders, they learn, uh, they take in everything that they learn, they don't have an ego, they're more patient and they process things before acting and they're more patient, so I actually think women do it better. What about something that people often say is, bikes are too heavy for me? Uh, it doesn't really matter because uh, you don't really need to lift the bike off the ground, if that makes sense. Um, you can be the same weight as a, a man and a man wouldn't find that an issue, so why should we? Why do we? Again, I think it's preconceptions and maybe just doubting ourselves. I think women have a lot of pressure. We have a lot of pressure in so many different aspects of our lives and we just doubt ourselves for no logical reason. When it comes to it, we can actually do things, like I said, better than men can. <laughs> and Ruby's a perfect example. She's ridden today to the England rugby training team. Uh, I came in a car. You came on the world's biggest motorbike. Uh, you're smaller than me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're a great example. Yeah, thank you, Leona. I think, again, it's just building that confidence um, and really believing in yourselves and working your way up. And you know what? When I first started, I never once dreamt of riding the bikes that I have or riding the bike that I turned up on which is a Honda Africa twin that weighs you know close to 300 kgs and really tall uh, but it's just building up your uh, confidence and you know risking it as well one day you'll drop it who cares it's not the end of the world thank you that's that's a really good encouraging conversation there and uh, if you want to follow Ruby it's just at underscore Ruby rides underscore that's the one yes okay thank you Ruby thank you Leona Thank you.
Ruby and I were at the England Women's Rugby Training Day. And if you want to find out more about women's rugby, have a look at this documentary on Amazon Prime. It's called No Woman, No Try. And it documents what a struggle they've had as a team to try and get noticed and get TV coverage and anybody to take any interest at all in them. And so much so that up until recently, many of the professional players were holding down full-time jobs as well as playing for the England rugby team. There was some serious sexism going on as well. For example, when they brought out the new kit, the men were photographed, the actual male rugby players were all photographed for the posters and all the adverts. But for the women's team, they used models. They didn't use the actual women's rugby team players. Loads of examples of that kind of thing going on and a lack of coverage. Well, I spoke to Sarah Hunter, the team captain, about how things are now. Are you getting more coverage now? Um, has it improved this year? Yeah, like huge. Like literally, um, the BBC Two viewing figures I think are through the roof. Like, um, I think having us in our own window, like in terms of, like there was so much um, like publicity in the press. I think of, like coverage we've never had. Like my whole entire England career, this is probably the best covered tournament, including a, probably a World Cup that I've ever been involved in. What was the turnaround between the documentary and now then? What what made it happen? Um, I think having a, a standalone window probably helps. When you say standalone, you mean a different month? Uh, yeah, so yeah, so ba- we, we up until last year we always mirrored the men's competition, whereas last year we moved to like the March-April window. Like I said, there was no crowd, but then this year we've done the same again, so it's just there's only women's rugby going on at the minute in terms of internationally. That's fantastic. Do you think the I care hashtag that some of you started was helpful in all that as well? I think all that sort of stuff really helps. Like it helps draw people's attention to to um, like what's going on and the fact that people are saying I do care, I will watch, I do support women's sport, and I think when people see that, it makes people other te- people get like attention towards it, and then like it just snowballs, doesn't it? So I think all sort of campaigns like that certainly do help. And it brings and shines a light onto women's sport. Yeah, it's brilliant. I'd right, love you to meet you. Hi, you too. And the England women's rugby team are just beating everyone right now. So if you want to support a winning side, get involved, watch the England women's rugby and you'll find it on BBC TV. And the I Care movement I mentioned there was a hashtag that one of them thought up uh, when there was some really negative stuff going around on the socials a year or two ago. People saying, well, they just don't care about women's sport or women's rugby. And so they started up a campaign called I Care and it totally reversed that way of thinking. So well done. The Rock and Road Pod Music News, brought to you by music-news.com. Yes, in the latest music news, Roger Daltrey believes the music industry has been stolen from artists. It sounds like a dramatic headline, but listen to what he's got to say on this. It makes a lot of sense. He says the old deals with record companies that existed in the 70s, 80s and 90s are working on the same percentage breaks as today. But he says today, the record companies aren't actually doing any work. He says they just press a button and it goes out on digital. Whereas before they had to manufacture, they had to distribute, they had to do all that other stuff. They're doing nothing now and taking all the money and musicians are getting nothing. He says our music industry has been stolen.
Meanwhile, Sting has been speaking out about being in a band and saying that bands are for teenagers and grown men can't really be in a band. He said a band is a teenage gang. Who wants to be in a teenage gang when you're knocking 70? It doesn't allow you to evolve. He says you have to obey the rules of the band. And as much as I love the Stones and ACDC, it's hard to see growth in their music. Cutting insult there from Sting. Uh, but uh, that's what he's got to say about being in a band. He much prefers being solo. In fact, his first solo album was way back in 1985. Now, my album of the week on Absolute Classic Rock is the new one from Thunder, and I'm going to be speaking to them soon on my next podcast. If you like Thunder, look out for my next podcast. And also a big shout out to you if you bought any records on Record Store Day, which was last Saturday, 23rd of April. It's a great way to support your local record store. Get involved, not just on the annual day of the year, but all year round, whenever you can. Go and support your local record store. Buy a couple of albums. I always do that when I'm in Brighton particularly. I love having a pot around all the Brighton different shops and there's lots of record shops to choose from down there. Now, if you want to listen to me in New Zealand, you can. I'm on a radio station now over there called The Sound. Every Sunday afternoon, 2 till 7 p.m., where it's a classic rock radio station, and I shall be there every Sunday from 2 till 7. Of course, if you want to listen in the UK, that's 2 till 7 a.m. So I don't mind if you don't listen. I'll let you off. Rock and Road Pod, brought to you by the Honda Engine Room. The latest on cars, bikes, power products, racing, events, and more. That's it from the podcast this week. Check it all out on the socials at Rock and Road Pod. Thank you for listening to my Honda special, and I'll catch you next time.